I'll rip your arm off. You what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Might be called the five-point move. I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys in the United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. We've got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor for FivePointMove.com. And instead of Dennis Hall for episode 24, my co-host is now newly minted two-time world team member, Joe Rao. Hello, Joe. How's it going, Timmy? Thanks for having me on. Final X is wrapped. All 10 world team members are now in place. Uh, I loved every, I, I even, not that it matters, but I put this out on social media, how much I loved Final X uh, for you yourself, like just as far as presentation, pageantry, the environment, the arena, the format, the setup, how did you like Greco's debut at Final X? Man, I loved it. I loved being a part of it. And, uh, you know, I was actually on the, on the couch watching Final X a year previous where we weren't involved in it. And I was like, man, this is cool. I would, I would love to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, as wrestlers, we're used to, we're used to things not being, you know, blown up quite in this way. Like I, I'm the type of person who enjoyed every second of that. I enjoyed the press conference, you know, even though like I was coming straight from a weight cut and sucked down, I just made weight. Uh, and I was, you know, but I, I enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, it was a super fun event. And, uh, even, you know, even in the morning, uh, you know, I was in the earlier session. It, it was just an awesome environment. You know, I talked to a ton of a ton of people, a ton of Jersey locals. You know, and the reception was great. They love wrestling out there, and man, I I just had a great time. I think I think Flow Wrestling did an awesome job with it, um, and an awesome job promoting and including Greco guys. I mean, I, I felt a lot of love from them, and I, I really appreciate it. Well, no, you know, the only criticism that I've heard, and I've heard it very sparingly, but I did hear it from a couple people was. Just the split, you know, some wanted, you know, more Greco matches in the evening uh, session, let's say. But I thought it was, to be honest with you, I thought it was perfect the way it was. Like, Pat Smith versus Kamal. Pat Smith is coming up as our guest, of course. But Pat Smith versus Kamal Bay, that deserved... um I, I, you know, I mean, you could make the argument for you versus Ben. I thought that Pat versus Kamal was a natural fit with those freestyle matches and things like that. Um, I did. And I thought that those freestyle matches helped put some rub on the Greco matches. So I think Greco benefited more from not, um, having multiple matches including the evening sessions at either Rutgers or Lincoln. That's my opinion. I'm not I mean, what do you think? Obviously your opinion on this matter is far more important than mine. The only reason why I would have liked to uh wrestle at at the later sessions because I'm not a morning person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Seriously, I was like, ah damn it, I, I gotta wake up earlier. Uh, I'm serious. I'm serious, man. But uh I thought like you, you, said, you do know that tournaments tend to begin in the morning, right? I know, and I hate it, man. 
I was like, you know, I wrestled my like bronze medal match in Spain one year and it was almost midnight and I was like, yes, I love this. Like, this guy, <laughs> this guy doesn't know I'm a maniac and then I'm finally awake now. And, and yeah, I felt great. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it was awesome. I agree with you that I think that that actually helped us. Um, I, I, you know, I know that in some people's minds, not ours, it's like, oh, there's a Greco match. And they look at it like a chore. Like, when is Gianni going to come up? You know what I mean? But th that wasn't the case. And I think it's because we, it was balanced and it was like a main event. And I didn't feel, I felt like they promoted, they promoted mine and Ben's match as sort of the main, uh, you know, part of a main event. Um, you know, of the first session. I mean, I even saw a little thing because, you know, I rewatched the final X's and stuff like that at home. And it's like matches to watch for. And it said me and Ben. And I think it said Becca Leathers and Jenna Burkett. And, uh, I thought that was cool. I mean, I, I, um, I definitely felt like even at the press conference and, and Wayans, you know, we, we were wrestling first, but I think they did a good job of, of at least making it feel like, you know, if I, I, it might be like an undercard and a main card thing, but, um, I didn't, I just, you know, I thought they did a good job of it. I think, you know, not having all the Greco matches, um, in the evening helped us like you were saying. Yeah. I just think there, I just think there was more of a rub to it. And I think the fact that Kamal and Pat closed the show in Rutgers was even cooler. Like they were the last match and that was an, you know, an exciting kind of match. People were into it. Yeah. Oh, dude. Listen, I wasn't at Lincoln. I wish I could. I wish I could have went. And this is not a diss because if Same. I'm not there, if I'm not there, I can't pass judgment on how it was. And I'm not going to go ahead and judge the Nebraskan audience and say that they weren't as into it as Rutgers was. All I'm going to say, though, is that the Rutgers arena looked a little fuller to me going by the camera angles, at least. It, I, I might be yeah. wrong, but it looked that way. Uh, I think the Rutgers layout was better. Like I, it was I think, awesome. It was oh, like being the, in a bunker. Oh, dude, the way that the way the rack is with the the stands like coming yeah. straight from the floor, like uh, it's awesome. And uh, the New Jersey audience, I was very proud of. I really was. I totally was. Like you know, I I always like it's a weird thing, you know. New Jersey such an awesome wrestling state, but it's not a Greco state. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like. Dude, when Max Nowry, when Max, uh, bombed, yeah, when Max bombed yeah. Koontz, the place erupted. Yeah. Like, erupted. Okay. And like, you didn't get that. Just like, it, just like it is every time, man. Just like it is every time. Sure. Every, uh, you know, the, the, the star freestylers like Yanni, like Zane and all these guys, Jaden Cox, Bo Nickel. Like, they have all these, like, you know, tense kind of exciting moments in these matches and stuff like that. But that's only because of who they are. Like, that's yeah. the difference with Greco. Is that, like, well, except, and I mean, obviously the ending to Zane and Yanni's very famous, uh, or notorious, rather. But yeah. either way, with Greco, you don't have to know who the guys are. But you see one guy, like, you know, completely torch launch freaking somebody else. And yeah. people respond to it. You don't have to know who they are. They don't have to have the name recognition. The style kind of speaks for itself a little more, I think, in that kind of environment. Absolutely. Um, I think that, I think that, that, uh, that's really true. And I, I think that, 
that that's something about you know I was fooling around with like trying to interview other athletes and stuff like that and do kind of unorthodox kind of questions and stuff like that. I feel like and you've done a great job with this, but I felt like a lot of people don't know Greco guys enough and I mean it's the nature of our country and and where the interest is is a little bit more but I feel like we're coming a long way in this help. But, uh, you know, when somebody knows who someone is, everybody's in love with Yanni. Like, I love watching the guy wrestle. Um, but, like, people are more captivated. But Greco, yeah, all you need to see is somebody bomb someone else. All you need to know is that, like, hey, Pat Smith got destroyed in the first match, and he's coming back. Look at this. You know what I mean? That You don't need to even know who we are. Um, I, I, thought it, I thought it was uh, very cool there, man. I, I was received by the the Jersey people a lot. I talked, I talked to a ton of people in the stands watching the night session. Like everybody was getting Robbie to give them autographs. Like they knew who Robbie Smith was, even though he wasn't wrestling. You know what I mean? I thought that was cool. Like you said, Jersey is in a Greco state, but you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me on social media. That's just some Jersey guy who loves, you know, loves wrestling. Watch me. We had guys take us to a, a restaurant and pay for our meal after the tournament, you know, that were watching. It was, it was pretty sweet. Um, and they were, they were showing me that they recorded my push out and they they were introducing me to their family. It, it was, I thought it was awesome, man. I love anywhere that loves wrestling. And, uh, I, that's, uh, that's what I felt out there, man. No, New I mean, Jersey, I, New Jersey showed up, bro. That's all there yeah. is to it. They showed up. Definitely. Uh, speaking of your step out. So, uh, just, uh, released on flow. Uh, this was obviously, this list was compiled, uh, with the help of my brain. Um, it's my byline, uh, is top, you know, uh, top five Greco moments from final X, your step out in match one against Ben. Now you described, you described this in the, the media pool in the, you know, little scrum after, after, uh, you won in match two, but match one, for me, that was, I mean, that was the moment. Absolutely. Because just, it's not even the fact that it was, I mean, just everything was crazy. Like you look at it this way is that whether it was him winning, whether it was Proviso winning or whether it was you winning a match between the two use. And I, I obviously know I don't mean this as a diss, but a match between the two use ending one to one. I mean, we just had one end one to one between the two use. That's not yeah. abnormal. Okay. No. So like here, there's however many seconds left, you know, and Ben's, Ben's on, Ben's on one, one criteria. He's, we're seconds away. Okay. Seconds away of taking a one nothing lead in the best of three series. Okay. And I think if I'm not mistaken, by the time you got him out, I mean, like it's called a buzzer beater in the flow piece. That's what I called it. Cause that's essentially yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was four seconds. Did you know, I mean, obviously you know that you need the, the point. You need the win. Any win yeah. you get against Ben in a best of three is completely enormous. But when you look, and I'm sure you've, I know you well enough to imagine that you've probably compared moments. I'm thinking you might have. Maybe you haven't. Maybe I'm just supposing all this. But have out of the matches you've won on the senior level, like as far as endings go, where does this one rank? You know, it's, it's definitely up there. I, I, I comparing moments I do and I, I look at it 
you know, people might think I'm crazy for doing this, but I, I would work at a machinery company um, and I can listen to earbuds. I would listen to my matches over and over again from when me and Kale, uh, me and blah, um, God, why am I blanking on his name? Taylor wrestled in the Olympic trials finals, you know, and I, and I hit that, I hit that duck, you know, with short time left to win. Um, that that's like a special moment to me because of the feeling. Um, and it's, it, it's a feeling, you know what I mean? That that's one of those moments where I, I literally blacked out. That's the only way I could explain it. Cause when people ask me about it, I'm like, and it's funny, I did a clinic today at a high school and someone asked me, what's your favorite move? <laughs> like, cause it was a question Q and a, you know, session after. And I was like, I literally love the moments where I just black out and I have no idea what I did. I get to watch it later. That's my favorite move, <laughs> you know. And uh, that's that's really what it was. And uh, this this is a huge moment for me. Um, obviously, um, next year is really important. But this is this is really important to me also because I I get to get more shots at qualifying this weight. I uh, I'm staring I'm staring this thing in the face. I'm the guy right now. I I can I can qualify the weight for the country and um I, i'm super happy but more so because like you said me and ben could have a lot of boring matches and i don't i, I don't take that as a diss at all it's a one one match is boring to me i didn't say i did not use the word boring you're using no it, i'm you right? i'm you I'm, I'm using it i think it's boring um i don't like no it's not like boring that. for the exact reason why your match one was amazing because okay yes for, no, I'm saying that if it had mainstream, no, 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 you're still wrong. For mainstream appeal, yeah, we don't want to fill up the stratosphere with criteria decided matches, okay? But when they're two high level guys and it's one to one or it's two to two and we're in the second period and there's a minute left, if you're a fan of the sport, that's edge of your seat time. Yeah. Like you're expecting something. Like something might happen that is freaking crazy right now. I'm trying not to say the F word. You already broke the, f the seal. But like, <laughs> just you know say I mean? the water's warm. But you understand what I'm saying is that like, I, yeah. I don't feel that no, way. No. Obviously, I'm, I'm hardcore, but like, it, yeah. It, when it's the two, when it's the right athletes, that is yeah. extremely compelling. It's like, oh gosh, like, dude. Somebody goes ahead and like trips on a shoelace right now. This is a problem. Like, I, I I agree. I agree that it could be, and I think it depends on. I think the problem is for for some people is that they're not like they're not like you, and they don't know who we are. I mean, I remember being off on the edge of my seat because I was I was in high school and I was seeing our four time state champ get upset, and it was a one zero match. He was about to get upset and it was crazy, but I knew who he was. And, um, I think that you're right. It, it could still be exciting. What I'm trying to say is I'm bored by the match because I want to freaking tech this guy, you know, but I am not, I'm not, uh, going to be ignorant to the fact that I, I tried, I tried what I tried at the U.S. Open when I lost the Ben after having a 6-0 lead. And I think that I can get to that tech. I just don't think, I don't think for the type of wrestler I am and the matchup that that's the best decision. And so I, I, 
stuck with what got me the win at the open. And I just don't like seeing my matches in that way. Obviously, I want to, I want to, I want to dominate. Um, it, it, uh, you know, it bothers me, but to answer your original question, it, it's a huge moment for me. And to be able to do it, uh, you know, at this event where it's all, you know, it elevated mat, there's the lights, it's, there's a lot of coverage that, that, that was special to me too. Because I know that I was talking to one of the girl wrestlers who was, uh, she was, she was in the finals and she's really young. And, uh, she was, she was talking about how being in that big arena kind of got to it. I'm like, yeah, don't look up. That's my, that's my only, uh, advice is don't look up until after you win. Cause I remember being at the, the Olympic trials and I came out for the first match out of the series with Kayla and I looked up at all the fans. I'm like, holy crap. And I got, I got thrown and pinned. And I'm like, all right, I'm not looking up again until I, until I win this series. I'm not looking up again. And it's special. But um, to be a professional and, uh, and to be able to wrestle under those lights and, and, and come out on top, that it's a real special moment for me. Um, and there's hopefully more to come. And I was just in the gym with uh, – I, I got a strength coach that I, I wrestled with him in high school. He's an awesome guy. His name's Robert Peters. He, he, uh, he's like a – he personally trains me as a wrestler. You know, it's awesome because he makes a lot of money off of, you know, training kind of older, wealthier people. But like he, he just hooks me up because he just loves to have another wrestler in there and an athlete. And he's, he's doing a great job with me, but I was telling him today, like he had me doing sled pushes and he has me do sled pushes almost every day. And I'm like, like that, you know, this is the, <laughs> I credit, I credit these sled pushes <laughs> for that push out, you know? Uh, it really was just blacking out, and basically it was like football. Get lower and run your feet. Well, I remember when I remember when you and Besick, what was that, a couple, a few years ago, uh, when you and Besick had that, you know, uh, conversation at Marquette that wound up being yeah. inscribed and turned into a feature. On Five Point, one of the phrases you used to describe like when you're, you're, you yourself are at your best is brain off. I remember yeah. brain off. So I think that's what you're referring to in this example. Is brain Absolutely. Off. Yeah. Forget. Absolutely. Okay. Well, why don't we bring Pat in to see how he felt about final X. All right. Let's bring Pat in. Uh, joining us now is a uh, two time world team member, victorious at, Final X Ruckers. Is it final? I say Final X, right? No, do you guys say Final X or Final 10? Final X. Yeah, Final X. Final X, Yeah. Uh, that is Patrick Smith, Pat Smith, 77 kilograms. Pat, I asked Joe this, the first question, which was just the environment, the presentation, the production of Final X. Uh, did you love it? Did you enjoy competing in that kind of venue yeah i thought they did uh i thought they did a really good job um really appreciative of all the fans that came out i heard people were tailgating in the parking lot uh before the second session that's awesome um you know i think that uh the more we can make events around wrestling like this the better uh you know um kind of reminded me of some of the gopher duels that uh that I was around in college and those were always great events and people get excited about that kind of stuff. Kids look up 
to those guys in those events and they, they want to be a part of them when they grow up. And, uh, you know, I think all around, I think it's really good for the sport. Um, so hopefully they can continue to, uh, you know, refine things and, uh, make it better and, uh, find ways to keep this, keep this going so that the international styles get put on a, uh, a platform like the NCAA has. So, no, no, no. Uh, absolutely. See, that that's before you came on, one of the things we were talking about was the split in how at both Rutgers and Lincoln, uh, the brunt of the Greco matchups were in the afternoon session, and then there was only one in the evening session. Obviously, at Rutgers, you were part of the evening session, which uh, in essence served as the main event. Not only for Greco, technically it served as the main event for the evening as a whole because your third match with Kamal was the last one. I liked the fact that there was only one Greco uh, series in the evening because I felt that it did more for the style in that like it kind of isolated uh, performances a little bit, I thought. Uh, some have liked that. Some people, everybody seems to have loved Final X. For Greco, the only criticism, vague freaking criticism, was hey, it'd be cooler if they had like maybe two or three series in like you know this session and like kind of split them up a little bit more evenly. However, you do that with five matches, but I thought it worked out well. What did you think, being the only uh, series for Rutgers? Yeah, um, I guess organization-wise, you know, it's our first year in it, and if we're gonna be, you know, brutally honest, it's like majority of Americans don't know the Greco guys. So for them to throw a couple guys in, in the primetime session, um, maybe it's, you know, not the time to do that right away. You know, hopefully next year there's a couple, there's more storylines, but you know, or the next time they do it, I guess next year's Olympic trials, but the next time they do it, there's a more storyline behind the guys, you know, people know it, they can add them in. Um, and, uh, and I think that's really what it's all about, you know, for the, the primetime stuff, they, hopefully they can, they have storylines built, right? I mean, you do this kind of stuff, you know, you're in the media and everything like that. They understand it. So like, I think, you know, whatever for the best of the, the thing and hopefully they can continue to promote it and hopefully we can continue to put a, put a good product out there so that, uh, you know, there is more, more Greco in the, in the, the prime time and it's split up a little bit more, you know, but right now, um, freestyle guys are super well known. Um, and, uh, it's our job to go out and have some success and, and, uh, get people talking about Greco too. Uh, Pat, the, one of the places I wanted to lead with you, um, and uh, I'm glad we, I mean, we have a little bit of distance from Rutgers, I guess at this point, it's about 10 days or so. Is that, and I, I'm going to presume you remember this, is in early last fall, I was endeavoring to write a very uh, large in scope article uh, recounting your 2017-8 to 2018 season, last year essentially, uh, and how it was like in 2017 was like, you know, your career highs. You had won the, two, you know, the December Open and obviously you made the world team in april of 17 and all of that stuff and it was just a big year i think you, you got a, well, i mean a couple of foreign medals like what thor masters something else uh pan ams as well and then obviously last year dude i keep overusing obviously then last year was a struggle 
It was not the same success, not even close. You struggled mightily overseas. You took third at the Open, and then you lost to Chavez in the Trials Challenge Tournament. Now, I'm not reliving this for any other reason other than the fact that we had talked in September. I had talked to Coach Mike Halk as well, and I was like searching for this narrative, you know, like how you were going to bounce back for this season, what you were going through last season. And I remember, I, I remember the night that I talked to you and I, I took down all this dialogue and I had about 3000 words of the, of what I had envisioned to be a 7,000 word article finished when I decided to abandon the piece just because like, I just conscientiously, I, I, I didn't really, feel great about it. I didn't know what direction I was going in anymore. It was like I was it was it was like I was drafting a post mortem or something like that. Um and then you go and the funniest thing was for me, obviously this is all me, this is all selfish, this is all self indulgent talk right now, is that you went overseas in the fall. I think it was Russia, Sweden, Finland in whatever order. I think Russia was first this time. And you meddled in all three tournaments right off the bat. Bang, bang, bang. And as soon as that happened, even though it was early in the year and you don't know what's going to happen, I, I felt like, wow, okay, like a, whatever corner needed to be turned was apparently turned. Uh, that early, that early season trip to Europe, did you yourself like, I'm not trying to project like I, I'm not asking you if you looked towards the spring and were like, oh, man, I'm back like better than ever. But like, did you feel a different level of, I don't know, assuredness or confidence that you didn't feel in the 17 to 18 season? Um, I don't know if I'd put it in those terms. Uh, when I went overseas in the fall, I was still trying to figure out what I was going to do. I didn't know what weight I was going to go. Um, and I didn't. You know, I didn't know what weight I was going to go this year, let alone uh, 2020. So I was still in the process of figuring all that out. Um, and I used that as a tester event because I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to cut weight like like that going three tournaments in three weeks. And um, how about we just go over there and get some good volume in and get some good training and, and a lot of matches and see how 77 goes. So it was really up in the air. I didn't know. Um, and at that point, you know, I took it one tournament at a time, one match at a time. I was trying to execute some small stuff that I'd been working on in the fall, some small adjustments and stuff. And, uh, you know, it seemed to be working at a, at a decent level. So I, you know, going, going into that, I think it was, it gave me a lot of confidence you know, especially being at the weight class, going up a weight class and stuff, which I, I didn't totally have going in there. It was just kind of, there's just a lot of things that have uncertainty. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and then, uh, um, gave me a lot of confidence to be able to like stay at that weight going into camp and Schultz, uh, later on. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't think I really got ahead of myself. It was kind of one thing at a time and, I ended up competing quite a bit. It was there, Schultz, uh, Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, I guess that was it. And then the Open right after that. So, um, you know, I had a tournament every every month and a half, month. So it was just kind of like come back, 
try to clean up some holes, get better, go compete again, you know. So this year really felt like it was one thing at a time and, and uh, trying to focus on what was ahead of me now. Obviously, I had the long-term goal of making the team this year. Um, and uh, um, so that, that came through, but it was more uh, focusing on the short-term stuff in the meantime, you know. Yeah, this is this answer right here. Really exactly important? why I didn't ask you in December what weight you were going to go this year. <laughs> that answer right there. Yeah, I, and honestly, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't know. You know, I was working. I was working through it. So, um, I think uh, I think I landed on the right choice. Um, I chose going up because I thought that if I went up, uh, I could get better at wrestling uh, for sure. Um, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's about being the best wrestler you possibly can be, you know, um, and hopefully results will follow that, you know, but, uh, I guess I kind of had just a little realization with myself that I wanted to get as good at the sport as I could, um, in the next, you know, couple of years. And, uh, that seemed like the best avenue to do it. So, uh, one more for me real quick before Joe takes over some of this. I mean, I'll, I'll pop back in, but uh, I, I don't know if you have a preference. I, I don't know how you look at opponents or anything like that. And uh, I, I mean, I, I don't have any even pointed questions at the. I'm going to let Joe handle the stuff with Rutgers, but uh, I loved your matches with uh, Mason Manville. Um, yeah, yeah. Mason, uh, you know, Mason's going to give it every time, and that's you know, I really appreciate him for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's great to go out so, against somebody that's got a really similar style as you, um, and you know, it's going to be an all out war and that's, you know, something that I train for. Um, no, that's, that's fun. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I did. I, I do enjoy I do enjoy those kind of matches, you know, um, where you kind of feel like uh, you're hit by a truck at the end, you know? So that's, that's great. That's what it should be like. And that's what wrestling should be like, you know? So, uh, yeah, no short answer. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I would just like to talk about the weight change with Pat because me and him had talked about this a lot when I still was living in Minnesota with him. And I, I always thought that uh, it wasn't about weight with Pat. I, I really didn't. I thought that this move was going to go really well. Um, I thought also I foresaw this matchup and I thought that it would play in Pat's favor when I was talking to him about it. And, uh, it, it, I guess, I guess for me personally, it was kind of cool being, uh, along for the journey with that as far as discussing it and how we felt about it, but then also being overseas with them. And I, you know, just like I, I just thought it was a great move. Um, I like to just pat the talk a little bit more about the, what were, what were some of the points or, I mean, other than overseas being the big one, what were some of the points where you're like, yeah, this is, this is the right move. Um, and if the team wouldn't have been made this year, would it, would it still have been a, you know, would you still have thought of it like, yep, uh, this is where I belong. Cause I, I think so. I just would like you to talk on that a little bit more. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up. I remember those conversations in the kitchen. Uh, yeah, man. Like you know, five feet from where I'm sitting right now. But uh, <laughs> awesome. we actually talked about the matchup as well, and you know, it's, you know, in your head, you think it's it's a good matchup, and 
you know, you have confidence in yourself, but you never know what's going to happen. You don't know how you're going to react to, you know, wrestling bigger guys than you usually do. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess obviously the meddling overseas in those tournaments, that was a good confidence booster training over there. Um, coming over, coming to camp and wrestling with bigger guys there. Um, and then, uh, you know, winning Schultz was another, was another one. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of from there, I was kind of locked in, you know, like I'm yeah. staying up now, you know, it's especially time wise. I'm like, it's too much to try to cut down now. And, and, uh, I was feeling strong and Travis Rutt, uh, my strength coach, um, had put us on a really good plan. I think he kind of snuckily put some weight on me this summer without, uh, <laughs> cause I think he wanted me to go up without me even knowing he's like, Hey, yeah, we'd be doing the same thing. It would just, just making you food. Like, All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. So, but I got, we, we did a pretty good lifting cycle last summer and, um, that was really good. Built a good base. And I think it kind of, catapulted from there um and i imagine there's uh, like really an ongoing for sorry what's that i was gonna oh. say i imagine there was an ongoing conversation with how can paulson because i know there always is about st- decisions like this what yeah. was paulson saying yeah, you because know, i've also i've also had paulson you know make fun of me for when i was going up to 98 like of course supporting it but uh, we've also talked to him about how like you got to have so most medalists have so-and-so body fat and all this. And I, I, I disagree that that matters, but what was, what was the conversation with, uh, you know, Brandon and Hauk about when it came to that kind of stuff? Um, we really laid out the options. Um, Hauk definitely leaned towards going up, but it wasn't like, uh, yeah, it was always my decision for both. You know, I didn't, I didn't cut weight. I didn't cut any weight. And, uh, I did. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but what I did, I, I talked to a nutritionist. I had, uh, Travis grab some skin pal calipers and stuff. And we did the numbers and, uh, it just made more sense to go up in the end. Um, and yeah, I came back to the, the wrestling decision and, and, uh, going to your, your question about whether or not I made the team, it's, uh, you know, my, uh, my goal has been 2020 the whole time and I've kind of had that mindset. So, and that's why I went up this year um, because I felt like if I was going to do it and, and grow up and grow into a weight class, it would have to be this year. Uh, so I just kind of committed to that. And, you know, regardless of what would have happened, I mean, it worked out well, but regardless of what would have happened, I was kind of committed to um, the process of, of being ready in 2020. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's great. All the stuff that's happened and now I'm an opportunity yeah. to be in the driver's seat, uh, for next year. But, um, no, I, I don't think it, it, w- it wouldn't have changed anything in my mindset. You know, I just would have had it like a little bit different summer plan, you know? So, yeah. Um, but that was, yeah, I thought that was, that was a good question. So. Well, I'm super excited because for the, I mean, I know Timmy knows this, but between me and Pat, we it's it's we've never made a senior world team together. It was and we've been in finals together, so we made we made a university world team together. And then the year I was on the world team, Pat lost to Harry. And then when Pat was on the world team, I lost to Ben. Now we're both finally freaking on the world team together, so it's gonna be nice. Um, you know, so I, I'm excited for it. And it was you, you joked about it. 
but I seriously thought about that. I was like, is this going to be the year? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was that your first team too, that university team in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we made, yeah, we both made that first team together and that team had some good, we'll go back to chemistry after you guys fought that. Yeah. Out <laughs> I could see it but, used uh, with a team. I could see it used as a team, team, not with two individuals had squaring good up. Chemistry, and I think that whatever context you use, that was good. Uh, we had some. How did you do in chemistry? Really high school. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Keep going. Stop it. We're not talking about periodic table. All right. Uh, but uh. Yeah, so I, I don't know. We had a great team. We had a lot of fun. We went out there. That team got two medals unexpectedly. You know, I, I don't think anybody expected uh, the success that we had. Um, and everybody fought super hard. And there were some tough guys in that tournament. And um, So I'm excited. I think we got like similar group of guys this year. And, uh, you know, anything can happen when uh, uh, a bunch of people um, have the – have the right mindset and good attitude and, uh, and, uh, go out and want to take on the world. So I'm, I'm excited. I think, uh, I think we got a similar group and obviously I'm excited to be on a trip with my buddy Joe. We've been like guys being dudes, travel partners for the last That's five right. years. So. Good, yeah, good man. that, uh, USA wrestlers put the bill on this one. So yeah, exactly, man. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, that you talk about that team, um, I think, I think, uh, it was a really interesting team. We had, we did have great chemistry, but you know, the guys who were the top candidates for medals didn't show up. Spieler yeah. never came to that camp was... and Kendrick, um, I mean, I'm not going to say whether or not it was a legitimate in- injury, but he, it, it seemed like he decided not to go. I don't know if he was hurt or not. He showed up to some workouts. He played basketball with us. He wrestled here and there and, and he didn't go. And, you know, Sammy Jones and Pat Smith are the ones that came out with the medal. And it, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a hard tournament. Hung- Hungary brought their whole senior world team. It wasn't like, you know, <laughs> yeah, all those guys team. in college or what? I didn't understand that. It I was remember just sitting like, there. Remember we were sitting there and, like, uh, I was getting ready for the finals. And you're like, who you got? I'm like, well, I got that guy from Hungary. And then come to find Lorenz. out, it was, it was Lorenz, and his picture was like a big poster of him in the corner, like life size, you know, biting yeah. metal. And the oh, hungry guy TV cameras are all on me and stuff. Yeah, maybe we could take maybe that souvenir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see you beating him when it matters in the Olympics. Like you, like it was good you squared off with him then, and you know what I mean. I I could see it happening over the years. Where he started, where we started, like it, it, it's good you got that match. I mean, I had a yeah. terrible tournament. I lost to what Mihalik, the the Polish guy, who I, I was like super devastated. I didn't know who he was at the time, and then we ended up being in the yeah. same bracket in senior worlds. I just thought I lost. You know, I didn't I didn't know the guy. All I knew at that time was Janikowski. Um, I got to know who that guy was, but it was a tough tournament, man. But yeah, there's a lot of really good guys. Are you guys in favor of the fact that university has been bypassed in our country in favor of U23? I mean, university still exists. We just don't uh, compete to, you know, put together a team. Do you guys like uh, U23 uh, usurping uh, university? 
I, I personally, I didn't like when it happened because that gave me less tournaments to wrestling. So from a personal standpoint, I didn't like it because university's age cutoff was 27, right? It, yeah. Um, yeah, something like that. So I didn't, I wasn't in favor because of selfish reasons. You know, I want more opportunities. You know, I don't make the senior world team, whatever, or, uh, you know, I would like more opportunities to, to wrestle and get, you know, so I guess from a personal standpoint, I didn't like it, but I think, um, as a whole, it's a good thing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I don't know. I think it's tough. I'd agree probably that we need to put more emphasis on U23s because it's like a UWW sanctioned event. I don't think universities, universities with a different, um, some organization based yeah um you know they used to have like university games and stuff like that which was really cool too yeah um but uh i guess if you're going to put emphasis on one or the other you stick with the one that it's got the developmental guys that are coming up through you know it's that's that thing's been the equivalent of just another stepping stone like juniors has been now and um you know junior medals statistically um, a really good indicator, senior medals and stuff. So it'll be like I said, but uh, like Joe said, it's it's nice to have a lot of avenues to compete. You know, that's that's really cool. Like we could have been we could have been on university teams until until last year. You know, so yeah. Uh, so it'd be nice if we could just you know have have our cake and eat it too and do all this stuff. Yeah. But, well, so. I I truly do. I don't know if you if you Pat like I I. I wouldn't trade my journey or whatever, but I truly do envy these young kids who are so plugged in and, and on this senior circuit because I'm like, God, you guys have so many opportunities to compete. Like, like, I mean, I went to everything I could when I was in college and, you know, when I was in high school, but now it's like, like you're saying, just like age group wise, like we got guys training full-time Greco who could go to juniors, can go to U23s, can go to, seniors and oh, i think that's awesome i wish i had even so we just had we just had a guy uh tyler wells from pinnacle just won a u15 world title today u15 and, uh, yeah yeah and then um we had uh Gigi. i'm trying to remember her last name right now but she took second in the women's division and then we've got two more guys uh silvis and uh gavin nelson um wrestling is it tomorrow then in the in the greco so i mean just they're getting plugged in on the world stage at 15 years old at 15 years old i was thinking about i knew i had to place like top four in the state tournament to get even considered for schoolboy duels and i thought that that <laughs> yeah. was like the end of the yeah you know what i mean we, we sound yeah, like I a couple of codgers here man i know <laughs> and then i think i took fifth at like 95 pounds and didn't get to go to schoolboy duels you know think about yeah. these guys like getting the opportunity to go to Budapest and, and wrestle. Uh, yeah. I don't mean to, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's cool. I, I'm not, no, I'm not, I think it's great, you know, and I, I, the uh, the Olympic styles, I mean, are the pinnacle of wrestling. And, I mean, that's the best wrestling in the world. And uh, the more that, that these kids can get access, I think with the, the more we close that gap, you know, um, yeah. and I, I think they should be thinking, they should be thinking taking over the world, you know, we do it in every other sport, you know, so make it happen in wrestling. Well, well, think about it this yeah. way. Uh, I mean, I, me and Pat both had dreams of, of, 
of making it to the Olympics. It's it seems like such a distant goal when we're not actively competing against other countries, like all through high school, you know, for a good point of college, you know, in the summer, I, I tried, I tried to make it over to, you know, um, I, I went over to uh, Canada, you know, you would see some foreigners at, you know, the NYC or Sunkist or whatever. But um, it's, it's a big jump when you're not actively competing, when, when you're starting at the U15 level, and then the cadet level and the junior levels think about it you're going to be wrestling the same guys that are going to be in the olympics starting at 15 years old it's not that what i'm saying is it's not as big of a jump it's like you're actively like this is a real thing i really could be this freaking guy and you know i to where we're like from my my you know experience it was like man i really want to get there i really want to get there like i have no fucking clue how to get there um, I'm doing my thing right now in high school. Like, like Pat said, I'm just trying to get on a dual team. I'm trying to get to Fargo, but it wasn't, you know, nowadays it's it, for me, I think that it, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to translate to more success, I, I think. And it, it makes it more of a real thing. I would imagine for those athletes. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, Joe, because talking to some of the foreign guys, they, um, uh, they recognize each other going all the way back to when they're 15 years old. It's kind of like, yeah, like for us talking about old Northern Plains brackets or Fargo brackets and, and cadets, like they've been seeing these guys uh, consistently, you know, for the last 10 years. Right. So it's just, it's just kind of another one of those steps. And, and uh, for these kids to get like comfortable on a, on a stage like that and get over the always oh, from a different country thing early. I mean, that's, that's huge. And for any, like, and I know me and Joe have had these conversations for any kids that are out there, like maybe listen to this, like take every opportunity. If this is what you want to do, take the opportunity. Like don't, don't second guess it. Take the opportunities that are in front of you, you know, shut your mouth and uh, open your ears and your eyes and uh, just take it all in. Cause there's, there's so much out there to learn. And uh, the earlier you can learn it, the better off you're going to be, you know? So. All right. Well, uh, Speaking of, you were talking about games, you know, earlier, remind me of, you're talking about how we used to have university games. Um, I want to talk to you, Pat, a little bit about the Pan Am games coming up. Um, I was explaining to someone today, I obviously didn't get to go to those games. I mean, neither, both of us at the time were at a non-Olympic weight. Um, I want to, you know, kind of the question, the question is like, what does this mean? To you, I mean, we're both at Olympic weights. It's very cool because today I was kind of explaining to someone at the clinic is like, I don't know for sure, but for me, really, all this is is it's just it's it's like a mini Olympics. It's a big show. It's cool. It's a good experience. It has nothing. It doesn't have much to do with with the actual Olympic Games, the Olympic qualifier, and Worlds has more to do with that qualifying your weight. But uh, I wasn't there last time we did it, but um, it is going to be special to me, I think, not only to be there with you, but also because, you know, we're representing our country in a big event. Um, but uh, it's funny. Someone asked me about it, and uh, that, that's kind of how I explained it to them. Like, it's more of a mini Olympics for the it's, – it's cool for the athletes is kind of how I looked at it from seeing other people who were there. Yeah. 
yeah. So, I mean, over the course of our senior career, you start understanding all the different Pan American events, right? You got the Pan Am Championships, the Pan yeah. Am Games, and the Pan Am Olympic Qualifier. You know, so like distinguishing between those three has, is like a process. And then every time, once you figure it out, now you have to explain it to everybody else because uh, it's kind of <laughs> confusing. But, you know, Pan Am Championships are like the the world championships for the Western Hemisphere. The Pan Am Games are like the Olympics for the Western Hemisphere. And then the Pan Am Olympic Qualifier is the continental qualifier uh for the olympics to qualify weight for the olympics right so like the pan am games you know being like the olympics for basically the whole western hemisphere is pretty cool you know it's like uh ioc sponsored event and usoc puts a lot of weight on it and uh you know it it would be awesome to kind of have that like feel to to be out there with uh all the other sports um from from the u.s and um, go to a cool country like Peru and, um, it'll be like a good, uh, good practice event for, uh, for worlds and, and, uh, you know, going in the Olympics the next year. And we're going to see some, some pretty good guys out there too. So that'll be, it'll be good to get our hands on them and, and, uh, and feel that early, you know? So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I heard a lot of great things about it from everybody that went the last time. And, um, so it's really cool to be a part of that event. Yeah, obviously too. a medal a medal does matter because of the IOC, like you kind of said. But I mean, as far as as far as we go, it doesn't have that much to do with qualifying Olympics. To me, at least uh, personally, it's more of kind of a lot of things you were saying: a cool event, a, a cool practice run, more matches. Um, I guess my next question would be: How do you feel about um, the decision to pull Team USA? Uh, for those you don't know, was planning on to do a trip to Belarus and was planning to do a trip uh, to Finland leading up to the Worlds, no longer doing either of those. Um, do you like the decision, uh, hate the decision, indifferent? Well, how do you feel about that, Pat? Um, for me, um, personally, I, like, I would have gone with the flow either way. I didn't know about the Belarus trip, actually. That's new news to me. But... Um, I did know that it was going to be, you know, for us guys that don't live in Colorado, we were going to go from Colorado straight to Finland and then straight over to Kazakhstan, which would have totaled like five weeks total uh, away from home. Um, knowing that uh, that was an issue for some people last year, um, I just, uh, I pointed that out to coach just to make sure like, you know, I was aware of it, and the next thing I knew, uh, we were pulling out of the trip. So, you know, either way, I think, you know, I'll, I'll be ready to go. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're going to have us prepared. And, and uh, you know, um, I think it'll be – I think it, in, the, in the long run, I think it'll be good. We go over there, we take care of business, and come back. You know, sometimes, like, at the end of about four weeks, you can start really getting worn down over there. Um I've done it multiple times, you know, so we would have at least needed some kind of reset. Um, I think a little bit, um, I'd like to hear your opinion on it too, but, uh, you know, I think, I think it'll be good, you know, so as long as we're taking care of what we need to take care of over here. Well, for me, for me, I'm, I'm in favor of the decision. 
I, as a performer, I think for our performance, like kind of for some of the factors that you were talking about, I think it's going to be better for us. You know, obviously as a person, I'm a, you know, I'm a travel addict for people who know me. So for, for off the mat reasons, yeah, I was, I I was cool kind of excited about places. going to Cortain. I heard they had like, like, uh, saunas in every room and stuff like that. I was kind of like, oh man, just for, like, that was what, that was what bothered me more. I was like, oh man, I kind of wanted to see this room. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Speaking of tourism, me and Pat are trying to hash out whether or not Machu Picchu will be doable after the Pan Am games. You got any, you got any, uh, shed some light on that, Pat? Anything you, you find out from Eduardo? No, I, I didn't. Fernando wasn't hanging out in his yard. Fernando, this so I didn't see him. But uh, from what I can find is, you know, there's there's multiple options. You know, if you want to like hike the whole Inca Trail and stuff, it looks like you got to hire like a tour guide and stuff. Um, otherwise, you can take this train up there and then hike for like forty five minutes and get to the top. Um, kind of on your own, but it looks like a whole thing. Like a lot of people, like the thousands of people go there every day and stuff. Mm. Maybe we should cool to see. We should do it, man. Do you think it's doable? Um, if we got those flights, you know, we'd have to fly over there. It's like an hour flight to get to the, it's like Kukos or something. Or There's a couple different cities surrounding it. And then you take the train up there from that. Um, and then do a little hike or you hire the guide thing, which I think would be really cool. Have like, like, I don't Sherpa. Know, like four day. Yeah. Kind of, but it's like a group thing. The only thing that I don't like about that is like, it doesn't like some of the, the treks weren't that far, but they still spread them out over like forever. You know, it's like, man, if we really need this guy, then can't we just get hire our own guy that'll, walk at our well, pace or whatever, you know, if we want to run up this thing, let us run up this thing, you know, I don't know. Hill sprints. Chandler will, yeah, will let's do know? hill sprints and <laughs> Chandler's going to be at the top counting down. That happened this morning. Garrett Loney, Garrett Loney ran Machu Picchu in 12 seconds. <laughs> we ran from across the street in the house, in the yard of the house. Across the street. Timmy, do you know about this? Three seconds. Uh, no, I'm, I'm guessing it's a story. There's a legendary hill in Minnesota. So Chandler's been running this since he was in, in, uh, you know, in our situation. You know, like, I had a Momir out here in the 70s running this. Should have seen him. I want to say like 1978 or something like that. He yeah. was out for a run and you passed by this park called Farview Park in North Minneapolis. And, uh, there's this hill that like, kind of just gradual and then it goes like straight up and it's like an awesome like 15 second really hard sprint and makes your butt hurt so bad yeah i sort of <laughs> got like it's you're like... done and you feel sick when you're done running it um oh. but it's got a, like a at the top you got like an awesome view of downtown minneapolis and it's a really cool spot so, and the, so... all the greco guys have been running it for 40 years 40 years is that right yeah 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 years what was that, 41 years? Well, well, yeah. he's had everybody, you know, that used to come and train with him from around the world all used to run it, and he's got all kinds of stories. But every time we run it, he talks about how fast Garrett Lowney used to run it. And as the years have gone by, 
the the seconds that Lowney took to run up it have gotten shorter and shorter, and the story's gotten more ridiculous. You know, started, <laughs> started at the highway and he got up it in six seconds. You know, like, if you if the time. You know, like if we have a, if we, if somebody blasts this thing and gets it in like 12 or 13 seconds, he can't say that Garrett Lowney got it in 12 seconds anymore. He's got to say that he did it in eight seconds. So it's just, you can imagine yeah. over the years, it's just gotten faster. <laughs> it's a cool tradition. Fun fact, Bezik actually uh, brought myself and another uh, Chaska alumni, Russell Iowa State, RJ Hallman out there when we were in high school picked us up and drove us out there. We met Chaz Betts, who brought Mike Thorne and Zach Sanders, both U of M uh, it's a good you know, legends. Yeah, and uh, we you were like, oh, what's up, guys? And we, we ran, all ran the hill together. It was one day in the summer, probably like 2007 or something like that. And that's like the first time I ran the hill. And we've run it, you know, every summer since. So it's pretty cool. How often it's, do you run it? It gets past um, depending on the nice weather, out, like once, once, <laughs> once or twice a week. Yeah, so it depends. Depends on the cycle, right? Like, so right now we're, we're running it like one or two times a week. And Pat, currently, I mean, this is at least according to the uh, storm report that was just came out. Uh, you're working out, uh, I guess, last week and this week with uh, Tyler Eichens. Yep. Yeah, so Aishin's been in town. Uh, he goes home at the end of the week. Um, so yeah, that's been that's been really good to have uh, you know another world team member in the room, um, Minnesota guy. Um, so yeah, he wrestles super hard and it's awesome. Uh, he picks up stuff really quick. So and then I don't know if this is accurate, but I would guess. Uh, and then next week you're potentially due to work out with Bisick uh, up in Marquette. Yeah, I'm actually going to leave on Thursday. Um, just work out the best with my schedule. Work out over the weekend with him. Um, try to get as much as I can out of him, you know. Cause he's definitely the best partner in the U.S., you know, or, you know, that we could ask for right now. Um, he's still got it. So uh, I'm going to go out there and work out with him all weekend. Uh, come back on, like, Tuesday night and because uh, i got to run the camp on Wednesday. Um, for Orlando Ponce. So, any Minnesota kids want to come out, show up to that camp in Blaine on Wednesday, 26th. Come one, come all. Shameless plug. Come <laughs> one, come all. We'll no, probably do body locks and pump and world championships of Blaine, Orlando Ponce camp of the world. Orlando is an awesome guy. So, well, you know, you're, yeah, this is your guy. duty. This is your job as a custodian of the sport. That's not shameless plug. That's growing it. <laughs> yeah, get out there, guys. So, yeah, it should be fun. We uh, just got done doing a camp for Travis Rudd, actually, out at RCTC. It was really, they had a good showing for their first year doing it. Um, they had, like, 50 kids there, um, just uh, eighth grade and under. And I think they had, like, 20 maybe for high school. So it's cool to see that growing down there. He did a really good job. Brought a lot of really good guys in. So, yeah, it was really fun. I actually got to bring my nephew, who's six, down there. And I wasn't sure uh, Brody. if he was going to like it or what he was thinking. Oh, yeah, wow. I love Brody. And uh, yeah, he'd been to some wrestling, but not a ton. And at the end of the, at the way home, he was uh, kept asking me if I could bring him back the next day. 
I wasn't near the <laughs> camp in like two days, and I was like, oh, sorry, buddy. We'll sign you up for the whole thing next time, you know? So I think, I think we got him on the bug. My brother's pretty excited to hear about that. So, What's his sister's name again? Wrestling, so. Is it Kira? Kira, yeah. Yeah, yeah they've been wrestling easy. each other in the yard. The other day it was really funny because uh, they were wrestling, and Brody's starting to pick up stuff really, really good, and he was taking it to Kira a little bit. And Kira was, like, kind of whining a little bit about uh, um, him uh, breaking her down so hard. And he gets up, and he's, like, pacing back and forth. He's like, Kira, you know, wrestling's a rough sport. It's a rough <laughs> sport. you got to be tough. And he's, like, lecturing her in the yard. And I'm laughing so hard. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, like, saying this profound statement in his head, you know. That is awesome. That is <laughs> profound. Yeah, you know, they proceeded to to race Grammy around the house. So, oh uh, my god! Anyways, I mean, I know I'll be in touch with both of you uh, at some point uh, soon enough. But Pat, really uh, amazing performance. Uh, just high character, high quality, high level athlete. Uh, just a pleasure that you took the time out to pop on tonight and uh joe uh you as well i appreciate the fill-in for uh dennis hall and that's it that's all i've got absolutely all right timmy have a good one yeah thanks for having us timmy keep doing what you do go greco thank you take care gentlemen Represent your team or club with top quality singlets, board shorts, and two-piece uniforms from BarbarianApparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available. To learn more, stop by BarbarianApparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel. Style everyone notices. Quality everyone respects. And then the third guest for episode 24 is 2019 world team member at 55 kilograms, Max Nowry, who I think is making his third, I think third appearance on the show. I think that ties Ellis Coleman, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, anyway, Max, the first question that I asked Raul and Pat Smith was, just basically competing in the final X series, the environment, the way that the layout was, the, the lights, uh, the production, all that stuff. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the format and the way it was kind of laid out? I did. I uh, actually really enjoyed it. You know, it was our first time, um, being involved. We, we didn't get to be involved last year. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to like the process, but, um, the, the whole environment, um, cause I, I got to compete in the first one at Rutgers and then I got to view it, um, the next week watching my teammates in Nebraska and, um, the whole event itself was, was a great experience to be a part of and to be there, um, to watch, you know, not competing. I think it, it's going to help highlight the sport and, and promote it in, in a bigger way than, um, a regular world team trials did in the past. 
You know what I'm also thinking? And this isn't like a, this is not intended as a diss to the American Wrestling League or to any other upstart, you know, pro international style wrestling leagues that have popped up in the past or may in the future. But it, it's like this, I thought Final X was so wonderful that it set the bar way too high for anybody else to really clear. If only because this was already awesome. So topping it is going to be a gargantuan effort for somebody else. Like, I thought it was, like, in a sense, for what we do, perfect. You know, when you consider the the circumstances, when you consider the fact that it was a... There were built-in storylines already. You know, there you're coming into the World Team Trial Finals. That's the storyline. You know, you trace it back from there. You know, there was no need to fabricate hype. You know, the stakes were enough. And then you throw the presentation and everything else on top of it. I don't think it could be done better. I, I really don't. But, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, the way um, Flow Wrestling put it on, it just kind of blew every other trial way out of the water you know, in the past two years, and it's only going to get better. But then... You know, on top of that thing about the World Championships, when we hosted it in, uh, was 2015, yep. uh, in Vegas, it set the bar for the World Championships. And, um, the year before that in Kaz- or in Uzbekistan, um, you know, it was in a big field house and it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't covered like it is now. So when we hosted it in 2015, it, it set the bar and, and then UWW kind of made it that standard. And, um, that's what full wrestling is doing with the trials. And, you know, like I said, being a part of it was awesome. And, um, it's only going to build our sport and build the promotion and, and, um, and just wrestling in general in the, in the U.S., you know, that's what fans want to see. That's what they want to be part of, you know, and it, it little things like the, the walkouts with the smoke shows and, and all that, you know, fans love being there and being a part of that. And, like I said, it was, it was a great experience to watch and be a part of. I wasn't in Lincoln. I only went to Rutgers. I couldn't make it out to Nebraska. Rutgers looked like it had a little bit more people there. Uh, was that just me watching camera angles, or was that the case? No, that was uh, definitely the case, uh, especially for both sessions. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, I think part of it was... Um, Maybe the location, um, but it just, it seemed like um, way more people were at Rutgers uh, than Nebraska. Nebraska had a really cool setting because there wasn't many seatings on the bottom, but the arena, the way it was set up, was very very cool. Um, but just it, it did seem like actually number wise, there was more people at Rutgers. Dude, I'm telling you, see, like. It's like New Jersey's an awesome wrestling state, and everybody knows that in terms of high school and, you know, even now with Rutgers itself over the past decade or so, you know, gaining steam, I guess, and all that. I mean, New Jersey's always been an awesome wrestling state. It just always has been. It's never been a Greco state, but they showed up, like, and they, they were enthusiastic for the Greco matches. It was really nice to see. Now that's, that's also a natural byproduct of watching high level 
good Greco-Roman matches where guys are trying to score. You know what? Even in Rao's match per, versus Provisor, like we were talking, I was talking about with Rao, and it was it also made the piece I did for Flow, where the top five moments from the final X series, one of them was Rao step out against Provisor in match one with you know whatever a couple seconds left. Like you heard the crowd, they knew what was going on. They were savvy, and like when Rao forced Ben out, like the crowd was like, "Whoa!" You know what I mean? And then when you five coons, the place erupted. Like they knew what was up, man. I was proud of Jersey for that. No, yeah, definitely a great experience. And like you said, they they knew what was going on. Um, didn't feel like there was any confusion with the level of excitement and the points being scored. So, and, and, and records, you know, the, the East coast did show up. I thought, you know, Nebraska was going to sell out, um, you know, because I, I thought they were going to get all those Midwest fans. Out Plus there, Jordan. But, uh, you know what I mean? That's the, that's the hook, right? Burroughs is the hook. Yeah. Burroughs and Green were out there. And then even the Burroughs and, and uh, Martinez match, you know, that's Illinois and Nebraska. So you figure, you know, within those two states, you get, you know, a good amount of fans showing up for that, you know, main event. Nah, New Jersey won out, man. That's just all there is to it. Uh, have you exchanged any kind of communications since proving victorious? Have you shared any text messages, sent any text messages, had any calls with uh, Dennis Hall? Uh, not with Dennis himself, but I had with uh, Mr. Coons. Um, and uh, just because uh, I talked to Brady while we were um, downstairs uh, after the match with uh, USADA, getting our test done, um, asking if he was going to wrestle for the U23 spot. He said he was going to uh, try to. So um, after that, when I got home, I texted his, uh, I texted and called his dad, um, trying to figure out if that did get approved and um, kind of going up and training with him. So right now I'm scheduled to, um, cause I was going to drive back to Illinois on the 23rd, 24th of this month. But instead I'm going to drive straight up to Wisconsin, uh, training with Brady for, uh, about two or three days before his wrestle off. Um, I don't think it's the date's not scheduled yet for wrestle off, but I will be up there with Dennis and, and both Brady and, um, his brother training. Are you staying with the Kuntzes or are you going to stay with Hall? That's what I want to know. <sighs> Uh, I'll probably stay with Kunz's. Um, I wouldn't mind spending a night with Dennis, kind of, um, you know, getting some shenanigans and, and you know, kind of get into our little uh, bullshit and stuff where we get to joke around and have fun. You could hide his cheaters. Do you know what cheaters mm-hmm. are? His what? His cheaters. Do you know what cheaters are? Mm-hmm. The little, uh, like the, the, Glasses, when people advance in age, they go to Walgreens or they go to CVS or something like that. And they buy those like reading glasses, like Hall has them. It's like the same kind of glasses Santa Claus wears. You know what I'm talking about? Like the tiny glasses, like the small glasses, they kind of like fall down to the bridge in your nose. Oh, okay. I'm thinking you're talking about like drinking glasses. No. Um, <laughs> no. no, I mean, I've been on a, I've been on a pretty big, uh, joking and um, shenanigans spree lately within uh, the coaches at WCAP and my teammates. So, um, still trying to carry that on. And I'm sure I'll mess with Dennis, you know, somewhere, somehow. 
Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, he uh, he's an easy mark. He's an easy mark. If I could call out, I have to figure out how to do that. See, that would be perfect to do right now. Like if we could call him. You know, Jason Bryant is going to listen to this. Maybe he knows how to do that, and he could send me a message. Like we could call out one time, have you on. If he's not on himself like he's supposed to be, like just call out, call him, you know, crank him in the middle of the episode, you know, just with something completely ridiculous that he would buy in and rage out over, just something completely innocuous that would make his, you know, his blood boiling and aneurysm burst. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we can get something worked out because uh, Michael Hooker would be out there um, the same time I'll be out there. So we thoroughly enjoy messing with Dennis. So uh, with us two together, I'm sure we'll be able to come up with something to get uh, those veins popping on his forehead. Uh, leading, uh, I think it was, okay, well, Pan Ams, you came out of Pan Ams, uh, a touch banged up. And you went into the open, a touch banged up, and then you had however long between the open and final X, you know, round about five, uh, six, seven weeks, whatever it was, six weeks. Did you go into final X as, you know, close to 100% capacity as you can get? Yeah, I think I did. Uh, I was a little banged up after my first match in, uh, in Vegas and um, just being on uh, the antibiotics and stuff that whole week, uh, you know, didn't feel like myself. But then I had some rest after that. And um, because I was a little bit banged up, I had to cancel that Italy trip. I was excited to go on. But uh, to me, being as close to 100% as possible for Final X was the goal, not being in. You know, that was more important um, than going to uh, – to a tournament overseas. So, yeah, once I got there, I felt really good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, after, I want to say, after Vegas, my hips didn't really cause a problem. It was kind of just like my ribs getting banged up and whatnot in Vegas. But that was probably, Final X was probably one of the best I've felt in a very long time, just uh, as far as, you know, being physically ready. So there's an interesting kind of scenario here with this 19 world team. First of all, as in concern to you and your Ninja Squad teammates, so that's 55, 60, 63, and 67 kilograms. Members of the Army WCAP have made the team. That is yourself, that is Ildar, that is Ryan, Mango, and that is obviously, of course, Ellis Coleman. Right off the bat, you've got you know, a close knit group comprising the first four weights, but there's also, you know, um, a handful of good relationships guys have with each other spread out throughout the lineup. You have, you know, you have, you, you, you all know each other very well. And the point to this is there seems to be the potentiality for some very good team chemistry this year is team chemistry. It's an individual sport at the, you know, that means a team tournament, but it's an individual sport. The world championships are the world championships. It is the, you know, the, we, the highest level we've got. 
And I know that all the concerns and the training plans and stuff, they all get individualized and everything else. But is team chemistry an important component training for this, at least in your eyes uh, throughout the summer? Yes, uh, 100% definitely. Um, I think that's what makes the, the ninja squad so unique and special is that uh, we push each other every day. Um, you know, we don't hide anything from each other. You know, we all know we're going to have to compete. Um, you know, we all compete against each other at 59 kilos, and then, you know, we were able to kind of spread out a little bit for the last two years. But we uh, we hold each other accountable. You know, if, if someone's lacking or, or not doing what they're supposed to be, then, you know, someone's going to get on on that person. And we do it out of love for each other. And this year's world team, you know, I feel like it's going to transition over. You know, when you have that good team chemistry and bond, you're going to hold each other accountable and you want to do good for your teammates. You know, you don't want to be the person that's, that's slacking off. So that's definitely a big motivator, um, for us going into this world championships because we don't want to let each other down. You know, we want to be that weak, the weak link. So you know, that's going to play a big portion. And when you look at the team, you got guys that, you know, like what four of us finally made a world team. So, you know, we want to, we want to show that we belong there. And I think, you know, having that group together is, um, is going to do something pretty good this year. What was that like for you? I mean, 60 kilograms, either way, you were going to come out a winner because it was going to be one of your two teammates. Um, but you had Ryan and, Ellis was a favorite, I guess you would say, for sure, over Jamel Johnson. But nevertheless, now that it's been cemented in place, and especially with Ryan winning, because Ryan uh, clinched last, if I'm not mistaken, did it? Did you guys have? I mean, I saw the picture you sent me. I, I, you know, I've, I'm sure it's been shared all over Kingdom Come by this point. But did you guys have a moment before you where? <laughs> Like you took a second and kind of drank it in. Uh, you talking about like before the, the competition or afterwards? After Ryan clinched. Oh uh, yeah, we were. Um, shoot, we were in the backstage area where they were warming up, um, watching on the TV screen. And uh, when Ryan got that last lift, we were all just pumped up. You know, we still had food going out too. But, you know, that's one more spot that we secured. Um, so we were all pumped up. The only thing that, that sucked is that, you know, we had five members of the squad and, and one of them wasn't going to make it out. And that was the really, um, you know, shitty part about it is that, you know, we, we're all like brothers to each other. We all want each other to win. And at 60 kilos, we had a lockdown, which is awesome. You know, we knew we had that spot. But, you know, it... It sucks in not having every single one of us. Well, still a big deal. I mean, it's a hefty presence, and it is the... I mean, WCAP right now runs the lightweights in this country pretty much, and so we saw that come to fruition this year. Are you yourself, you know, you had those words after after match two, you, you know took me 10 years and 10 tries to get here. Now that you're on this world team, do you see this, 
I don't know. I don't want to, dude, I don't want to get like mad existential over it. But are you very much like locked into the present? Like as far as what you, you know, your immediate plans coming up training wise and everything else? Or have you taken stock, you know, just giving a head nod to the previous years that, you know, which we've documented kind of, uh, in a pretty thorough manner, you know, as far as, you know, 55 turning into 59 and then you adapting to 59 and then all of a sudden they're bringing 55 back and then you went through what you went through last year. Like, have you taken a moment yourself to just be like, wow, you know, like this is it. Like I, I I've done it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, um, most of it is when I'm kind of by myself, um, either at the house or driving around, um, you know, I kind of get like this, you know, I finally get it feeling, um, it's definitely a big relief. You know, the biggest goal is I, I want to get a world title, you know, I want to, and I need to, I, you know, I feel like I need to more than I want to. Um, and, and with those 10 years and 10 tries, to me, the biggest relief of, of accomplishing that small stepping stone um, to get into the world championships was, you know, I, I after all, you know, a decade, after all these years, I, I constantly think about when I was younger. And um, at this point, I think I was in, I want to say like sixth, seventh grade. Um, I got both my parents working two jobs at the same time to get me to, uh, you know, national events and, and tournaments. And, and that's always been, you know, I'm 29 years old and, you know, that it was so long ago, but I still hold on to that, you know, that thought of, of both my parents working, you know, two jobs at the same time to be able to support it, to train and get to where I am. So it, it's, it's a relief and, you know, definitely like, um, a big accomplishment. Um, when I think back to, you know, younger Max and what, um, my parents did for that younger Max to get me to where I am. And I don't take that stuff for granted. And when I compete, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my family, my coaches, my teammates. You know, that's my biggest motivator. Every time I'm practicing, I try to give it all, like everything I have. You know, most of the time, I'm, I'll dry heave a lot just to make, you know, I get to that point to make sure I know I'm pushing myself. <sighs> that's incredible. Um, well, you know what? I mean, I know you pretty well. I'll say this. Uh, you know, 29, 29, it's weird because you look so young, but I don't know if it's that you look young because you look young in the face or if it's because you're four foot 11. I, I'm not sure why. Why? I think it's, uh, I think I'm, well, I'm uh, very fortunate to be aging somewhat well. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, the biggest thing is I, uh, I guess I don't act my age, um, I uh, love to joke around, love to goof around. And I think that. that you act your age. I think that your level of ball bustiness is very sophisticated. It is not that of a juvenile. Like it is very calculated. I, if anything, I think you're way above your pay grade in that regard. Yeah, I mean, as I got older, it gets more calculated, and, and I sit back and think about how I'm going to mess with my my friends and coaches. Um, but that that kind of keeps me. Um, feeling a little bit youthful and I didn't think about it until um after we were coming back from Lincoln but I think I'm the second oldest guy on the team uh, behind Ildar so but I you know I feel, I feel like I'm one of the young guys you know 
not because it's my first team, but just in in terms of age or maturity, uh, maturity wise. (laughs) No, I mean, I, I, no, no, dude, because I turned 40 at the end of January and it's like, I've been with my wife for 20 years almost. And all the time she like keeps asking me, when are you going to grow up? Like, are you a child? Do you think that's funny? You're a child. That shit does not go away. Like, it's not like you, like, as you get older, like that just starts fading or something like that. Like the same shit is still funny. Like it doesn't stop being funny. You know? Yeah. When I'm, when I'm messing with Coach Mango, he's, and, I, and I'll be on him for a little bit, you know, finally getting frustrated. I kind of just like sit, sit back and start laughing. And that's what I tell him, I gotta, I gotta act this way so I feel young. You know, um, in the past, my body felt older, uh, you know, with my hips and stuff. But now, after the surgeries, I feel rejuvenated. So I think that tacked on to me joking around more and having more fun. <laughs> that um, gave you back to like full superpowers? <laughs> I think so. And, and if I think you were asking anybody, um, I've been a little more out there um, within that close group of people I hang out with and, and joke with. Um, and I've been a little bit out of control lately with that, just constantly messing with them. Um, it's like one thing after another, just I, constantly poking the bear, poking the bear, whether it's the big guys or the little guys, just constantly trying to have fun. Well, I think it's important, speaking of having fun, uh, have you uh, spoken with Joe Betterman? Um, no, not directly. He did, um, he did say congrats, um, after we, uh, we clinched the first four weights while we were in Lincoln, but, uh, have not talked to Joe, but I did think of a new plan to, uh, get him back in the meantime. So that's still yet to come. It should be coming here soon. And I hope to this because, um, going to be a good one. It's not going to be bad. It's not going to be what I uh, had originally threatened him with in terms of payback, but um, I'm sure this one he'll get a good laugh, laugh at. Will it be within the confines of the law? Oh, absolutely. It's just going to it's going to be more I, mean, I don't know how to put this without you know, giving, giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be some it's gonna be something where he's probably gonna drop his head and um be like, damn and and, and sit back and think about like a missed opportunity on his half. Uh, on his half. <laughs> the funniest part was Alright, so we'll do this real quick and then we'll wrap you up. For the mm-hmm. audience's sake. And I, I'm going to I'm going to wind up once I get a little bit of space. I, I'm going to have to write about this to an extent. Like I, I'm just I'm going to have to. So what's going on is that there's basically a prolonged sort of prank war between Max Nowry and Joe Betterman. Now there's been like barbs and needle stuff going on throughout the course of your friendship, but lately it's been ramped up to like where this is this is a like almost a mission for you, like a vendetta. It has gone back and forth. I mean, you own, if this was like a match, it would be like, you definitely own criteria at the very least. But what is, what makes me laugh is that I was inquiring about this to you not that long ago. 
and you sent me a text message. Here it is. That's him standing and trying to make me offers to call off my plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's before we had our little standoff. Uh, that's before the standoff. Before, like during that time, we were still talking, and um, uh, I, you know, I, I was kind of telling him, you know, the well, how original, like how this last little tip started was, he had dropped off one of his wrestlers who lives 10 houses down the street from me. Well, on his way to drop his, uh, his wrestler off, they drove over to my house and threw um, like three or four Cinnabons at my door. And if you know me, you know, like, I'm, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm a new freak. And, um, and I've already, you know, had little prank wars with, with uh, the kids that he had with him. And, uh, so I go out, I see what happened, and I, and I call him up. I told him he had 20 minutes to come back and clean it up. And he kind of took it too lightly, you know, kind of brushed it off, went home, and then uh, kind of escalated from there. And then we were going back and forth, and he was trying to negotiate with me. And um kept trying to negotiate and negotiate, and I told him, you know, there was no negotiating his way out of this one. You said you don't and, negotiate with terrorists. That's what you said. Yeah, and that goes back to... Um, I was calling, calling, calling him uh, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so then we we uh we kept going back and forth, and then uh, after that we we stopped talking for a little bit. Uh, or I guess it's been I think it's been over a month now. Wait, stop um, talking know, in terms of like there's caught feelings, or stop talking because you're busy training, he's busy traveling and coaching and whatever else. Like, which is it? It's been a mixture uh, of both of those. Um, I had finally to, to prepare for, and and he's had uh, he went on like a couple week um, trip with some of his wrestlers going to Chicago, and then. Um, Akron and then New York, Maine, right, right, right. back to Chicago. So um, <clears throat> I thought about striking back while he was gone, but I was like, no, I got, I got to focus. I'm gonna be going myself, so I don't want to attack now and then be myself vulnerable later. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we haven't been talking, and um, and I had, oh, I had um, his wife's sister call him um saying that I, I took her sandal and he he wasn't happy at the time i think he was sick he's he's like don't call me about max <laughs> so, so i i offered up 20 bucks for her to make the phone call it was well worth the 20 bucks just to kind of like i said just keep poking the bear <laughs> but yeah it's been uh i mean we're both on a non-talking basis right now but you know he's I still view him as a brother and, and still talk about him. And, and, you know, without him, I wouldn't be where I am at. You know, he came over to my house after I lost at trials last year and, and kind of got my head back, you know, put back together right. And, um, but, you know, we're still, we're still going at this little, I don't know if it's a battle or a war. You know, it might be it turned into a war at this point, but it's, uh, it's all on, you know, good funding. Hopefully it doesn't keep escalating, but I think I think he'll enjoy this next uh, this next one coming to him. 
All right. Well, Max, look at, I think that's a great place to end it. I appreciate you taking the time out. Congratulations on making the 2019 world team. I'm sure we'll be in touch and that's it. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thanks. Take care. You got it. Okay. So that was Max Nowry, 2019 world team member at 55 kilograms. That's what you got this time. You got three world team members, one show, Joe Rao at 87, Pat Smith at 77, and Max Nowry at 55. There'll be more coming up very soon. There's also other stuff going on. Just today, depending on when you hear this, but today is Wednesday, the 2019 first ever U15 world team competed at the World School Combat Games in Budapest, Hungary, the World Combat School Games or World School Combat Games, whatever amalgamation of those words. It's the equivalent to the World Championships. There was some back and forth going on on various social media channels. Well, ah, it's not quite a World Championships. Nonsense. It's the same kind of World Championships that the university uh, worlds are or the military worlds or whatever other worlds. It's the same thing. You call those guys World Champs and Medalists, the same thing here. And as so many... High-level coaches will tell you, especially at the developmental circuit, circuit at the, at the developmental level, what will they tell you? They will tell you that the younger you get, the more the playing field kind of equals uh, internationally. Okay, so the playing field was a little bit more even here, and what happened? What happened? Well, what happened is five golds and two bronze from the U.S. and a couple of fifths. And... You just kind of, in your mind, you say, wow, if these, if they would just stay with it. Now, a couple of these kids on this U15 team have a chance to do that. But it just goes to show it's, it's, it's not hype. It is not imaginary. At the youth level in the United States of America, we have so many awesome, skilled, hungry, and experienced youth wrestlers. And if they just, just some more of them went down the Greco path. Who knows what that would mean at the senior level? Congratulations to the kids, to the athletes. Congratulations to United States Greco-Roman operations manager, Gary Mayab. He was a coach over there in Budapest, as well as Marty Hauk from Missouri. You see the connection there. And hopefully this is just the start. And there's a lot more age group stuff going on. We got the junior duels in Oklahoma that's popping as we speak. Before you know it, Fargo will be around the corner. And there's just a lot of stuff still to still to come at the age group level in the U.S. And a good deal of it you should be pretty pumped up about. Of course, you should also be pumped up about the world teams. We got the cadet world team, the junior world team, and now the fully functional, complete senior world team. So there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot to talk about. There's going to be a lot going on. And it is my hope that you... Stay with it and stay with us for all of it. Social media to follow Joe Rao on Twitter. That is at Rousler84, R-A-U-S-T-L-E-R-8-4. On Instagram, it is the same thing without the 84, at Rousler. To follow Pat Smith on Twitter, that is at PapSmitty, P-A-P-S-M-I-T-T-Y. To follow Pat on Instagram, that is at Pat H. Smith. P-A-T-H Smith. We'll do this again. You know what? Let's just commit to doing it every time. That way I don't have to make some kind of halfway snide remark about it. You like to follow Dennis Hall on Twitter for no reason or whatsoever. That is at 
Dennis Hall, WGW. And for USA Greco-Roman News and Athlete Perspectives, please go to 5pointmove.com and follow along on Twitter at 5, the number 5, PT Move. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.